good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome to a very special episode of The Jankyard. I am not your normal host, but I am married to one of them. I'm Allie, or Mrs. The Treatment, I guess. You could call me that if you're going to be formal. So today we're going to be doing a very different ride than usual. Today we're learning about the men, the myths, the legends that are The Treatment, Schmendrix and Killer Cactus. So before we begin anything, I kind of just want to go over the plan. Am I calling you guys by your made-up names or by your real names tonight? Uh, I'm, I'm cool finally revealing who we are. Everybody knows my name, so... Are, are you suggesting that Schmendrix is not on my birth certificate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine. You can call You can call me by my given name, Schmendicarus. <laughs> <laughs> The third. <laughs> well, I was gonna call him, like the treatment. I was gonna call him Nick, but I didn't want to be confusing people in case they were thinking about the creator of the game. So that's true. There could be confusion. Stick with the treatment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna call you the treatment. <laughs> All right. Well, this is a pretty significant episode for you guys, and this being your 25th episode. So uh, I did tune into a little bit of Jankfest and something that I thought was pretty interesting was just even though you guys all play the same game and that's kind of what brings you all together, the amount of emphasis and the amount of excitement that was surrounding each one of you for the people that you are and for the different people in the community, it kind of made me think that we should be focusing more on learning about you guys just for this one episode and then you guys can go back to your normal, very sophisticated and high level card discussions does that work very sophisticated i'm in for it i'm here for it we should note that schmenny was not on Jankfest. yeah no one showed any interest in knowing me as a person but that's too bad for you because you're gonna get it <laughs> that's like two strikes man what? two strikes third strike and we're gonna have to find a replacement okay well at least i'll go out on a high note having revealed my soul on the podcast <laughs> to a dozen people <laughs> All right, so I guess the way that we're going to start this off is I'm going to start talking to you guys first about the game itself. Then I'm going to be asking you some questions about your families, and then we're going to go into a rapid fire. Does that work? Sounds good. I like it. That's good. Uh, Just so we're clear, my name is Nick, a.k.a. The Treatment, uh, one of your normal hosts. And who are you two fellas? Um, My name is Frank. I am Killer Cactus, and I am jumping in front of Schmendrix because I felt superior at that moment <laughs> fair uh i'm nathan or schmendrix wonderful all right so i guess uh my nick my dear nick i'm gonna ask you first and then i guess we'll go in a circle or whoever can jump in whatever superiority is felt can go afterwards <laughs> but so how did you first discover the game and how long before you found ash Techie? so i found the game during covid i was really sort of interested in getting into an online game and i thought about netrunner because i bought it years ago and never really played it and so i i looked it up on youtube and then i came across team covenant's channel and from there it sort of i started watching like their back catalog and some of their new videos and at the time that's when ashes was uh, around the time it was being re-released and so that's when i i was like oh this game looks interesting and i started watching all their videos on ashes and then that's when i i found the community and so from there then it sort of all snowballed i found the shuffle bus on twitch and where they played games and then i found out about ash techie and tested it out with uh, a buddy of mine just like I think it was the Saria versus whatever precon, and I was like, "Yeah, okay." 
this is something I can get into. And uh, the community was really good. I was a lurker for a little bit. And then, then I started, well, what you guys know me as today. I don't know what that is, if it's positive or negative, but <laughs> I put my voice out there. Good, Spenny. Um, I, yeah, I found the game during COVID. I mean, I feel like it was a golden age for um, getting involved in card games also through covenant as they were rebooting the game with the player driven production i had already been following covenant um because of their marvel champions and then um arkham horror videos which were a really nice way to feel part of some sort of community while stuck in our homes and i was also i mean we'll get to this later but um the relatively recent father of twins so my uh, ability to play games or have hobbies was extremely <laughs> curtailed uh and yeah when they rebooted the game i thought i i was interested i had played magic the gathering way back when like my dad for some reason on a whim bought me a magic the gathering starter deck when i was in sixth grade um i still remember getting it uh after a swim practice um but i had really not played dueling card games since uh since elementary school or, or early junior high um and thought i'd thought i'd get into it and i was i was around the server when dijon first uh started programming ash Techie. so when i started playing i was playing on tabletop simulator um which uh really add added uh an additional element of humiliation when matt bowers stomps you because not only is he absolutely destroying you but you're having to click cards about a dozen times to get them to do anything <laughs> on tabletop simulator so um yeah what about you killer yeah so i i found ashes i mean at the at the very beginning um so i've known i've known colby and platt games since they started as a company way back in gosh like 2007 or 8 um and maybe before that, but, uh, I got, I played my first game of ashes at the Plat hat games headquarters when I was there for a, I was there for a Christmas party. I think I was lead play tester for summoner wars at the time. So Colby invited me up for Christmas and Isaac taught me the game with, uh, I played Aerodel. So this is going to be all name dropping or, or I mean, I can, I, can, I can keep going. Um, <laughs> Nick wasn't Nick wasn't there yet. He uh he didn't exist because this was pre this was pre Nick Conley. I'm pretty sure he exists. I mean he existed. He didn't exist as part of Planet Game. <laughs> Nick is eight is an eight year old boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um but so I, I've been playing since the beginning. I mean so I was I was like in the community when it was Ashes 1.0 and then I didn't come back until Reborn was out for a little bit, but yeah, I was kind of, as soon as Ash Techie was up, I was like on there playing games. So welcome edition. With all of you guys then getting into this game, aside from you being able to do it online and being able to connect with people when it came to, when it was reborn and when you guys were doing Ash Techie, was there anything about it specifically that you guys were like, yes, this is the game I want. It's different than everything else. I love it. It's addictive. Like, you know, what about this game grabbed you guys? Uh, okay, so I have a a strong dislike for TCGs, trading card games, due to my experience with Magic the Gathering 
sort of in my late teens. And the idea of not having to chase rare cards or pay crazy costs just to build a deck and have fun with is sort of what led me to LCGs or, or just extendable card games. Um, and so that was part of it is that it was just like, oh, this I can buy and have all the cards and then do whatever I want and, you know, play with, in theory, my friends. And we would just, we sort of all on the same playing field. And that was really cool because the the trading card aspect and the buying like week to week or, or month to month with the, the new sets and then always having to chase. I remember it was like Jace was big in Magic the Gathering at the time. And some people who would show up to Friday Night Magic had four of them and it was like a $150 card. And I'm like, I'm playing popper a popper deck and it just was not at the same level it wasn't fun and it i didn't have any interest in spending that kind of money so that drew me into the game and then the gameplay and the artwork uh were probably the second parts of it like just the the whole way the game mechanics work appealed to me for whatever reason the idea of it fixing so many problems i had with magic like the dice the first five mechanic those were instant grabs so that's kind of what drew me in yeah, for me, it was, um, I was, like I said, I hadn't really played Magic since I was like 12 or 13, really not played card games. So I'm sure I was doing some deck building then, but I don't really remember what that was like. And so this was really the first game or uh, among the first games that I really started doing serious deck building for. And um, what really drew me in was I like I said I started playing Marvel Champions I got it uh, not long the Christmas it was released so December 2019 just before the pandemic um, and started deck building in that game but that game like a lot of the uh, Fantasy Flight games um, they're living card games it's very uh, the deck building is very constrained so you have to build within certain aspects um, and the mind-blowing thing to me about Ashes was the way in which the 10 dice system just meant that you could play literally whatever cards you wanted in the deck um, and craft a dice pool uh, to be whatever you needed it to be to support those cards. And so the possibilities just felt totally limitless and it was extremely, it was like falling down a very deep well. <laughs> I would find myself thinking about Ashes decks, like I'd fall asleep thinking about different Ashes decks, I'd wake up thinking about different Ashes decks. Um, a lot of them were very bad and not effective, um, but it was really, it was really fun to just feel like had complete creative freedom in thinking uh, in, in deck building. Not having to think when you're deck building about like how many you know, do I, like, do I include lands or whatever, right. you know, mana source or how do I have to ramp this up? It's like, no, it's like, this is what I want to start with. This is my game plan. You just need to make sure that the spread sort of works, but it's just so open and so much fun. Yeah. And not only that, it removes the randomness from drawing those lands, right? Like you've got to include 25 lands or whatever in a magic deck to make sure that you consistently draw them and you're able to play all your cards and, taking that out of the game and just putting your mana on the board and eliminating those games where you just don't draw any land in magic um i thought was a big draw for me and that, that's part of the reason i love the game i've been playing dueling card games forever and i played a bunch of them um including magic but a bunch of others 
and I was really drawn to the resource system in Ashes and the first five mechanics specifically. I really liked that um, it takes that randomness out of the beginning of the game. Like I said, it, it eliminates the games where you just draw a crap hand and lose because of that. And it eliminates the games where you don't draw any resources and lose because of that. Um, now, if you lose, it's on you. And, um, you know, as we may or may not talk about tonight, that can create some some pain from a player standpoint when you're you get on a losing streak of games. But um, it's a good thing about the game, right? It's skill based. You're not going to have these games where you just kind of crap out and don't really get to play the game because you didn't draw the cards that you needed. That doesn't happen in Ashes. And it's something I really like about our game. I mean, I think like it still does. There's I, I don't want to dismiss the luck aspect of, you know, a bad second round draw oh, or totally. whatever. But I think those are things that are are more are more um, workable and you can sort of adjust a little bit more. Um, and I think it's also because the card like the, the deck size is smaller, those tight choices, like the, the consistency of your deck comes down a lot more to the deck building as opposed to just a larger variability, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's a card game, so there's always going to be that factor to it. But I like that it it doesn't happen in round one, right? It, you at least get one yeah. round of playing the game, and it's the most important round in the game. So even still like you can draw a terrible hand in round two and sometimes you lose because of that but it's the exception and not the rule and even if you do draw a bad hand depending on how you set up your spell board and some other things it might not be a big deal but if you play magic you draw one land and the rest of your hand is two and three cost spells and you just don't draw another land for three turns the game's over like yeah and yeah. it's you know the game's over in three or four turns um Lorcan is very similar. If you draw a bunch of cards, you can't ink. And it's you can run into these games where there just isn't a game. But Ashes doesn't really have that. Um, or at least not certainly not to the degree that most other card games do. So I like that about our game. OK, so you mentioned Lorcana. I know when that first came out, I know that my Nick was just obsessed trying to see if he could find anywhere who had it currently in stock, who could get it. Um, what other games are you guys playing right now aside from this that are that's really tickling your fancy? I mean, I, I, <laughs> I don't play any other games. Uh, Ashes takes up any of my free time and I keep telling myself I want to get into Netrunner and I keep, you know, watching videos and going through deck lists about, you know, ready to sort of start with some, some beginner lists. And I just don't have the time. And there was a little stint when we were doing renos where I picked up Arkham Horror, uh, the, the, the base set. And I love that game. I played that for a little bit, which is good. But in terms of like peer to peer games and just my time availability, which tends to be at night, Ashes is the only game that I play. I used to play Dota like a ton um, to a the ton. point. Yeah. <laughs> if you couldn't tell by the tone of the voice, it was a negative uh, addiction uh, and, and it occupied way too much time in my life. But I don't play that anymore. So, yeah, I'll hold my comments. You played. You... I, I played a lot. 
the some days were really really bad it, it was not good for my mental health not well, that ashes is much better but. well no if i can interject here the difference that i found is that at least the the benefit that i've noticed is that when you're playing any of your ashes games you're playing within a pretty tight community of people who are i wouldn't say equally invested because some are probably less and some are probably more it's a spectrum but it seems like it's a pretty it's a pretty safe community where everyone is there to play the game. Whereas when you were playing Dota, I mean, you'd be playing in the middle of the night and you'd be playing with random kids who would be logging in in, in Brazil who would just be, oh, you know, God. just I digging around so hard. And you'd be really focused on trying to get rank and like trying to, you know, build up to something. And so you'd come into the kitchen and you'd be like pulling out your hair and I'd be like, what's wrong? And you'd be like, it'd be those stupid kids from Brazil. I was playing with them again. And so it it was just terrible for your mental health because it didn't have the same control that this one did. Yeah. Like, this is a much more sophisticated community that is, I think, much more conducive to actually improving your, your gaming ability instead of just, uh, you know, true. focusing on, on rank. Plus, I found these two knuckleheads. So, you know, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I play mostly... Um other solo or cooperative games. So I play a lot of Marvel champions, which I help test for. Um, and I, yeah, it was really, I mean, the pandemic was a really great opportunity to discover this whole world of solo board gaming where, you know, that between magic, the gap between quitting magic, the gathering and discovering ashes during which I basically played no card games. I was playing a ton of board games, especially Euro style board games. Um, but like a lot of people who play board games really struggling to find other people <laughs> who would play them with me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, like this whole era, I feel like we're living in a golden age of solo and cooperative games um and for me it's just a really valuable outlet to do something like tactile that's not screen based that's low stakes problem solving um which i find you know it's kind of like doing sudoku except you get to do it with pretty cards or you know chips or other minifigs or whatever so um yeah that's that's mostly what i'm what i'm doing i mean for me it's lorcana is the big one and trader it, well, not really, because <laughs> at least it's not Star Wars Unlimited. Yeah, in German. It, it could have been. <laughs> I I did play the old Star Wars Decipher CCG, and I was big into that when it was out years ago. Um, and I considered that when I was, but I kind of fell into Lorcana when I was at Gen Con this year. I was able to actually get some product when no one else was kind of able to. And my family's a big Disney family. They. They love everything Disney, and it's no thing at all for my wife to sit down and play six games of Lorcana in a row with me, which will not happen in any other card game ever. She's She likes board games, and she'll play family games with everyone, but she's never really been into like a dueling card game, and those are the kind of games I've always gravitated towards and loved. So once she saw Lorcana and got to play games with these characters that she really likes. And it's a very easy to learn and not super complex rule set type of game. So she gravitated toward it. And um, it basically means that I just have to, as long as it exists, play it because she, she will, she will play it with me and that makes it 
an easy win. Plus, I have a local scene here with a couple of my other friends that are into the game and we can go to stores and play, um, which is cool. But if I had that for Ashes, if all of those things applied to it, like I would do it forever. Um, I like Ashes more. I still which is why I still, you know, want to engage in this community, be a part of this podcast, be playing Ashes games. I still play more Ashes than I do Lorcana, I think. And and that's with playing my wife six times in one, you know, in a day. So there's that. I also have HeroScape that I play. That's actually, if I'm going to name drop some more, that's how I met Colby way back in the day. He was the, like, the leading content creator, if there was one, for HeroScape back in, like, 2002 and three and four, And that was just by hosting a website for it that was a, a forum site and i mean that's how that's what he did and that's how he got his start right he got in with hasbro through heroescape and a lot of people met him that way and that's kind of how he started plat hat games so heroescape's always been one of my favorite games forever and it's about to it's been dead for like oh gosh 10 15 years but it's about to come back in a couple months um, so I still have it. I kept all my stuff and my kids like to play it. That was cool to have because when my kids were little, like I had a bunch of little miniatures sitting in the basement and they could just come and screw around with them and play with them. And they like to do that. And HeroScape has a map system where you get to put together maps to play with. And they're like interlocking hex pieces. And it's kind of like, it's similar to putting a Lego set together and my kids always like Lego. So they'll come down and like build a hero escape map to play with. So I'm glad I kept that. And once it picks back up, I'm sure I'll spend too much money getting back into that and play it here and there. So Nathan, I have a question for you and you guys, I'm, I'm obviously I'm, I'm the non gamer in this group. What is a Euro style board game? I am so glad you asked, Allie. It's such a great question. Um, so <laughs> in the world of tabletop games, uh, there's this division that's generally discussed between Euro-style games and Amera trash or American-style games. And uh, European games or Euro-style board games typically have a very dry theme or drier theme. You're usually building a cathedral or managing a port or doing some sort of economic optimization problem. And then uh, they're very low randomness. So, uh, hi bud, Can I, I'm, talk, I'm talking to some, some people. My, my twins have uh, come in. Um, so, I'm waving, but you guys can't see me. <laughs> yeah, they can't. Um, so yeah, so those are European games. American games or Ameritrash games typically have like a fantasy or sci-fi theme. They have higher randomness like card draw or dice rolling. They're often combat or conflict based um, rather than you just kind of managing your own port. So yeah, classic Euro style game would be like, um, Oh, I don't. I mean, Settlers of Catan to a degree, but that's yeah. that's got more randomness, and that's why it's appealed to Americans. But that's the game that I think most Americans will associate with a Euro game when you say that word. It's prop, like you said, it's probably not the best example of it, but happens to be that's my wife. If my wife had a favorite board game, that's hers, and it's Catan. Yeah, she loves Catan. She would she would play Catan all day. 
um, that was really what got her into like board games that weren't just Monopoly or Sorry or whatever. Like it would, once I played a game of Catan with her, she was like, oh, this is actually kind of cool. And I said, yeah, you should try out like these other 5,000 games that I have in the basement. It seems to be a real gateway game. It, it's, it is. It, it's kind of, for at least for a while, and even maybe still now, it's the, I would say, the gateway game that is at least commonly known by your average person who's even who even hears about games but it's also just sold everywhere which helps it like it's sold at walmart and target and all the non i guess boutique board game places so it's just really easy to get into and because it has familiar things like dice rolling um it's not really intimidating like there's a lot of familiar concepts so yeah what was that one that we played it was um it was like Catan, but it was uh your favorite game is castles of burgundy oh i love that game yeah that that, that's a good one i do like that one yeah and viticulture ally does not like any co-op games even though i do she hates (laughs) to play with me she (sighs) just wants to beat me in games nick's like like, wouldn't it be fun if we played a game together and then i got to manage you and then i got to tell you like what moves you should do or things there's there's different there's there's (laughs) non-leader based cooperative games i hate it i if have you guys played dead of winter I have not. No. no. So that's so that's another plat hat game that is cooperative but encourages backstabbing. And yeah, like I, <laughs> if you wanted to try a cooperative game where you don't need to be cooperative, you that was really one to get into. There's so many different types, right? Fantastic. There's there's team-based ones, there's like the classic co-op game, you know, the team-based ones. There's the ones with separate hidden goals um Either yeah. to get to change like who has more points to break a, a tie, or to in your case like you mentioned uh, backstabbing, and then there's um, yeah yeah there's just there's different variants uh, ones with hidden information so that there is no quarterbacking, um, and I played I played one of those it was like space. I can't space cadets or something. I, I don't remember what it was, but there was like nine of us one night where we showed up and it was it was chaos. Everyone managed a station on effectively, a, you know, a replica of the Star Trek fleet. And it, that, that yeah. was a fun game. So there are different ones. But yeah, no, she just wants to beat me. Agricola, she really likes. Castles yeah. of Burgundy. Yes, yeah, so you know all the Euro um, games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, she's a big Euro gamer. Yeah, I, did, I just don't know that's what they were called. Like, mm-hmm. I, I've i never gone into a store and been like, that's the game I want. Any of the games that we have in our basement, we honestly have unpacked in our basement. And I don't think I'm exaggerating here. We have like thousands, plural, of dollars of games. Oh, dollars worth. Yeah. Well, that's I don't know that that's saying much these days because some, some games are like $100 easy. But yeah, we were like 50 games. I don't know. We haven't unpacked much. And I would definitely... I have three times that many on my wanted list, but uh, my wife has instituted a strict one in one out policy, which I have <laughs> mostly observed. That's a pretty good policy. I think it would help to actually you like play the games and keep the ones that you really just can't get enough of. But there are games that I keep around for introductory or easy purposes. So it's kind of tough. I usually just go to Gen Con and set up, like client like potential client meetings for work and then i say well 
honey, I have to buy a game from them if I'm going to try and get them as a client, and then I come home with five or six new ones, and that's just how it works. I mean, that's a pretty nice way of doing it, at yeah. least. So you guys have talked about different platforms, or I guess different different ways that you guys have played games. So, um, Frank, you were saying that you have some some local people who you guys would play Lorcana with, and uh, Nathan, you were talking about some of the online communities, and I know that Nick... You, we used to host just, he has a group of friends who would come over once a week back in the day. Back and, in the day. Um, that's when we did all of the games. But like, who are the main people that you guys are playing games with uh, in person right now? I, I do not, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, ever since COVID, kids, having kids and moving, we, we used to live in the city um, and we moved out, which also happened to coincide with all my friends moving out of the city as well, but we all went in different directions. Um, everything just stopped basically. Like we played a little bit um, online for a while and then our daughter was born and that, you know, just takes up time. And then we sort of kept going like maybe once a month and it petered out. And then I started up with, I, I found my neighbors into games, which was awesome. And I was like, oh, we'll play a couple. And, you know, we also now, he's got kids and we have our second now. So virtually zero board games or any other games outside of Ashes, which is is uh, a little bit painful, but I'm hoping that, you know, the time will come where I'll be able to get back into it uh, you know, and if if I can't find a group of people to do it with, then my kids will be co-opted into it one way or another. Yeah, totally. I mean, I um, I think just in general, having young kids, I've got twin five year olds who made their cameo earlier. Um, but uh, yeah, that's a lot to, you know, my wife and I try to support one another getting time away. But to say, hey, I'm going to go play a board game. <laughs> A few hours so uh watch the kids on a saturday afternoon can be tough so um but i've actually you know behind all this has also been my discovery of discord uh over during the pandemic which has been by far the most generative and rewarding social network i've ever been you know sort of social networking app i've ever been part of uh there's something about it probably that uh probably the easiest way to meet you know a like-minded person <laughs> is uh is in these forums but um just found a lot of people who i really get along with um in a lot of different ways both hobby wise and just generally worldview and so a lot of those folks are local too in denver so i've found a good a good community of folks here that i've played with um pretty regularly uh over the last couple of years so sorry sidebar do you know what i just did I turned on your camera. <laughs> yeah, there is literally a there's literally a button on the top of my monitor of my laptop that was just off that I never noticed existed until right now. I looked up and I went, oh, <laughs> just flicked it. And now it works. There you Gotta go. Sit. We did it. Episode 25, a year and a half later, and we figured out. <laughs> the look of elation on your face when you finally appeared was actually really cartoony. The, the, the last time we did a podcast, I spent like 20 minutes Googling how to like turn my camera back on. I was like, I must have set something like turned a setting off to make it to lock it. I had never like noticed there was a little switch at the top to just turn it on. 
I'm very technologically stupid, as you guys already know. <laughs> no, we, we did. This is great because now we can, you know, we can do another video cast next time. Yeah, I'm, I'm here for it now. Do it live. But you know what you could have just done? There could be one person listening to this who has the same camera. Yeah, now looking they know. at their laptop being like, oh, yeah. my God. Um, is it, it's probably my turn to answer. Sorry, I, I lost track of what was going on because I got so excited that I figured out how to turn my camera on. Um, I've been I've been extremely fortunate with this lately and um so obviously my kids are older than yours so i'm already to the point where they will play with me and i i wasted no time getting them into games as soon as ben could read which would have been like 10 years ago i was like shoving board games in front of him like we need to do this and um now that both of them are old enough to play pretty much anything i mean luke is 10 and he you know like i talked about on the show a couple weeks or a couple weeks ago sat down and played a five and a half hour game of axis and allies with me so he he can pretty much play anything i stick in front of him now um and i I mainly play with them and my wife like schmendrick said it's kind of difficult to get away for by myself for a long time to play games but i don't really have to do that much anymore because they'll play pretty much everything I'm playing. If I have people over to play, normally they'll play with us. Um, my son's best, or Luke's, my youngest son's best friend, um, I get along really well with his dad. And um, again, kind of a, a like-minded guy. And he likes games. He's he's the Axis and Allies fan. And uh, I've introduced him to a couple other, like, less mainstream war strategy type games that he's into. So um, he and I have gotten together a few times with our kids to play. And um, I'm lucky enough, like I said, to have a local scene of about 10 people that will go to a, uh, there's two game stores around me and they both have people that will go there to play Lorcana. So I can usually show up on a Saturday or Sunday if I have the time. And again, with one of my kids, that'll come and play with me and sit down and play with them for a few hours. So lately I've been pretty fortunate, but there was a time like when my kids were just born where like it just, we used to get together all of my buddies and play games almost every week. And that just dead stopped. And we we were the first ones to have kids. So when, once we did, I, I snuck away here and there when I could, but I mean, I, you know, it, I couldn't in good faith just leave Kristen at home with the baby and stuff or, you know, or a four year old and a baby at one point. So um, just kind of stopped. But that passes. And now I have a family to play games with. So that's cool. So I just have to be wait to be old like you guys. Yeah, you have to be ancient and crotchety. <laughs> and <laughs> Oh, he's crotchety. So he's time. already halfway. I'm down. already crotchety. I've been crotchety <laughs> for a while. I got that under my belt. Well experienced. Yeah, the other day people are on the discord saying like, here's how old I am and trying to prove that like everyone in the community like this is an old community. And I found out I'm like the third oldest person on the entire <laughs> server. <laughs> It's like Charlotte and then one person and then me. Like me and Matt are I both think Clue. the same age. Yeah, Clue, like someone is like one year older than me. And then it's like me and Matt. And it's like, yeah, I'm old. That sort of is, I mean, that part of what stemmed, well, not this conversation, but 
I thought it was interesting that it that popped up around the same time that we were thinking about this sort of topic, kind of like, you know, who we are as community members, um, as well as what it's like to be sort of a parent in ashes. Um, and the community, I think, is probably a, a, maybe not unique, but it's definitely one of the few communities that tends to shift towards older players, um, people with families already compared to, say, your Pokemon, your Yu-Gi-Oh, your, your Magic the Gathering. Um, which I think shift either a lot more young or single. And I think that's really interesting and perhaps why our community, I don't know if it's why we're less, less toxic and, and sort of more open and we're more understanding of each other because we're all in similar sort of positions outside of, you know, the, the Freds and the Brancuses and the, the trans who are 16 and 17. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought that that was really interesting that we all and, and that Ashes as a game has sort of attracted perhaps that demographic. Now, granted, we're not out of the thousand plus subscribers. We're a very small subset, but I just thought it was interesting that at least the Discord servers like that. Yeah. I think it's a pretty high overlap with the Covenant audience, too. I bet if you looked at the Covenant audience and the demographics of the folks who are on Team Covenant's um, server, it's a lot of sort of millennial elder millennials basically um that's definitely the vibe that <laughs> zach and steven from team covenant give off you know uh so yeah i bet there's i bet that's a big driver do you think it has to do with extendable card games and solo card games as a whole like that sort of genre compared to the trading card games that's a good question i don't know i imagine that trading card games you know, attract um, people who are trying to find prizes or trying to find community. Um, I think uh, not that we're not trying to find community, but I think for the vo those of us who couldn't, you know, who can't attend Friday Night Magic on a regular basis, games where you can play independently, you can get that that problem solving without having to leave your house um, are probably pretty appealing um so yeah there's probably just a really high i would imagine overlap between you know a stage of life where you can't be gone every friday night um and a desire to remain connected to hobbies that were really important to you in your 20s but now you have to pursue in a different way yeah the trading card game community is like it's it's strange i want to say it's way more competitive than we are and it is but like only it's like half of them or maybe two thirds of them are like that. And the other third um, just want that community. Like Schmendrick was saying, like they'll just go to this card store and they want to um, they want to find rare cards and like stuff that's worth money and just talk and hang out with people. But it does seem to foster like the cutthroat players that want to go and just win or go and, make money playing the game and stuff. Um, and of course, trading card games. I mean, that's the nature of the product. There's it's half game, half investment. So there's always going to be that. But that's another thing that draws me to ashes and this community in general is that you don't have to deal with that. Like there's no there's not people out there scalping ashes cards. There's not people out there that will steal your stuff. Generally, there's you know, it's not like um 
we're going to go online and play games and everyone's super cutthroat even though we're trying to win it's it's just a different vibe so you guys have all talked about in different times you've talked about this community and Nathan, you were talking about how it's all like-minded people and, and Frank, you were just talking about the, I guess the caliber of people who are playing this in the community itself. Do you guys find that through this community and through being on discord and through playing together that you guys have made some, like some, some true friendships? I mean, the proof is really in the pudding. I haven't actually gotten together with Frank or Nick yet. So who knows what they're really like in person, but <laughs> Uh, I mean, off mic, we've had some really important conversations to me and I definitely consider them, yeah, real friends of mine. Um, and I have uh, a lot of friends that I've built up, like the testing group that I'm part of with, um, champions, a different game, but very similar vibes. Um, and some of them, one of them isn't actually two of them are also ashes players, although less, uh, consistently, um, yeah, similarly, I feel, I feel really close to those folks again, which is like a really, it's, it's just been very weird to me that like Facebook where, you know, you're supposed to be yourself <laughs> um, and you don't, you don't hide behind a username. Uh, I find deeply alienating <laughs> Whereas discord where everyone's generally engaging anonymously. Although I think often often uh, being quite vulnerable about it is is way more feels way more authentic to me so um yeah it's been really it's been really nice yeah i agree it i would echo everything you just said and i was just you know throwing up just this morning i think about trying to get was it was it today i was trying to get you guys to go to gen con in august or was it yesterday i can't remember <laughs> the days when, when, when yeah it's, no when, I, i'm trying yeah when it's taxis and i just I forget what day it is all the time. As a matter of fact, I had a, I had a doctor's appointment today at 11:30, and I was totally convinced that today was Wednesday, and I just didn't go. So <laughs> I found out at, found out at 12:30 that I missed it, and so I don't know what day it is anymore. But yeah, um, you know, not only you guys, which you know, I agree. I've actually probably talk to you guys more about deep stuff than anyone I've met online at any point, but, um, absolutely have made friends and it's, I love to go to Gen Con just to see some of those people. It's like a once a year thing. You know, I get to see Colby like three times a year. Usually, um, get to see, <laughs> he just keeps shaking his head. <laughs> I'm, <getting laughs> um, I'm not, I don't care that he's famous. Right. I just, I know the guy. Um, but I, you know, I've, I've, there are other friends that I've made through it and, uh, it's just really cool to have a hobby that brings a lot of people together. And we spend a lot of time on the discord talking, right? So it, it's very easy to feel connected and close to those people because a lot of times you're like, I'm talking to them more than I talk to like my friend friends that I see from time to time that live down the street from me. Um, I, I talk to like Carl Diaz on discord more than I talk to most of my friends just because we're on there posting every day. So, um, yeah, I think we've, I've made lots of them and people that I, you know, if we, if ashes stopped, right. And we, everybody stopped playing the game, I would still want to stay connected with. Yeah. I think part of it is, um, 
I mean, with at least with my friends, I am or we are the only ones with kids. And, you know, something I heard a long time ago is you drift in and out of friendships based off of a few different things like locality and stage of life and common interests. And so definitely with you guys in particular, where we have similar stages of our life, we're interested in the game and we're also not physically close but we're always on the discord talking i have been able to have more open deep conversations with you guys than i have like you said with your other friends and with my friends same way and um you know similar uh with with shadowfire where we've talked a lot and it tends to be a you know perhaps more game and, and personal feeling oriented um just because you know this game we've talked about before the the stresses of competition can can weigh on you sometimes and it's just been really nice to have late night conversations you know where we're all on a similar page or we have common experience that we can share and for me that's a really big thing and then you know the actual server discussions are always a blast i think there's a, a definite fondness for every member, you know, where we can joke around and then also flip the switch and have some really serious conversations, which is fun. Yeah, I think there's um, just listening to this and reflecting. I think there there can be something very isolating about getting into a hobby that's so niche and so insular in some ways that requires you to, you know, not requires, but really rewards you going really deep on these things. Like even if someone's into games, the chances that like <laughs> they're into that, that they want to spend time talking about this game and you know, the 300 or so playable cards in the card pool at this point, um, knowing all of them inside and out. I don't know. It, there's just a way in which I think, you know, like in my professional life, for example, I feel like there's so many hobbies that are socially appropriate like golf or like i don't know even getting into like you know the arts like going to uh opera or you know or games like chess that sort of have universal appeal and are provide this more universal accessibility um but the idea of like going into a super niche card game feels like very antithetical or just very like i said isolating and so i think one of the nice things about the community is that um you know, and what I've come to accept about myself is like, I like what I like. I also like chess and like, I like talking about politics and what's going on in the world, but like, it's really nice to do a lot of those things in, in community with other people who also like this very particular game. Um, and Ashes, I think part of its vibe and philosophy that Isaac built into it with a recognition of the way in which TCGs can be exclusionary of people uh, if they don't have the means to actually compete in them, for example, and also really suffer in terms of representation of different cultures and body types and gender presentations. Like the fact that that was built in the game, I think draws a certain kind of person to it. Who's not only interested in games, but also interested in like being in the world in a certain way, in a more, in a, in a pretty open way, which um, has been really nice for me to discover. Hey, did you say Isaac just now? I know that guy. I know him. <laughs> Name dropper. When, when Isaac and I were talking about it back in, 
<laughs> See, I think the trick is if, you know, your your work hosts charity golf tournaments or the like, you got to be like, hey, guys, what about <laughs> hosting charity ashes tournament? Mm-hmm. This is how you spread the word. This is what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Hey, you guys want to go have a pub night? We'll play a blitz round of, <laughs> of ashes. Oh, we lost. We lost Frank. Oh, I'm he's back. back. Okay. Back. Yeah. I just had to call Isaac real quick. I'm back, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I, I don't know. This community is great. That's and, I, and I'm happy to be a part of it. So in general, with your relationships that are outside of this, like I would say in the real world, is gaming an important part of those relationships? Like what? Here's a better way of phrasing it. If you were to make a new friend right now in your life, what do you think would be the commonality that you guys would bond over that would create a new friendship? I mean, almost 100% it would be board games. I know. So this, so how I got into board games and how I made the friends that I still have today was my first job after university. I don't remember what it was, but I, I was interested. I heard about Catan and I started looking into games. And I hadn't really met too many of my my colleagues, my coworkers, even though we sat like on a sort of a bench desk, like everyone was side by side. It wasn't, you know, cubicles or anything. And we started talking. And then one night I was just like, what if we just did boardroom board games? And I bought uh, Catan, Power Grid and something else. And Power Grid was the one that really like grabbed everyone, uh, perhaps because we were all like sort of tangentially related to finance and and so it grabbed us and um and so that continued and then it just turned into weekly board gaming boardroom board game nights and then eventually we started hosting it at our condo and that continued for over 10 years and you know there's been a temporary dip right now but that strengthened those relationships and i think if i was to find someone else to be a friend that, you know, outside of direct neighbors. And thankfully I have a neighbor who likes board games. Um, I would find like one of those meetups uh, in town. Uh, I think, unfortunately they do them like Wednesday or Thursday night, which is kind of awkward, but I would go there and then, you know, get into, to meeting friends that way. Um, The only other way that I sort of met people was when I was really big into playing ultimate and um ultimate frisbee oh yeah to anyone because only people who play ultimate frisbee know that it's yes. ultimate frisbee everyone the, else just they're waiting <laughs> you've said the adjective you say, like oh, ultimate yeah. what yes yes yes, yes, yes. ultimate frisbee. frisbee is is yes. trademarked so it's not ultimate. anyway uh yeah so that that would be how i would find new people if i tired of these guys yeah i mean i think it's um I think finding friends as an adult is a real conundrum. I mean, I feel lucky in that I had a, I have a college roommate who's moved back to, um, not moved back to, he's moved, moved to Denver. Um, and it's been fun to introduce him to some of the games. Like, you know, I was trying to get him to play Euro games when we were in college and he was a lot more interested in, you know, playing poker and drinking, but he eventually has come around and his, uh, now fiance is really into games. And so we've played some together, but I think for me, it's like, I don't, um, well, a couple things. I'm not particularly good at small talk, um, or I'm fine at it, but I don't, I lose interest <laughs> pretty quickly. Uh, and, I'm with you, man. Uh, yeah. And I'd much rather, I'd much rather be having like deeper, more substantive conversations, which I think 
can weird weird some people out when I sort of go get too serious too quickly. And so board games are a nice like safe, structured social interact social interaction that like doesn't require me to have the same kinds of surface level interactions that just feel like time wasting basically. Um, and also don't involve me um, trying to invite someone to get really vulnerable when they're not comfortable with it. But like, those are the things that I feel like as an adult man, who's not in college, it's very difficult to like with other men in particular, get to the point where you can feel vulnerable and like sharing things about um, your life and what's going on. And so I think, yeah, for me, th- those are the kinds of relationships that I'd be looking for. I don't think board gaming is always a great way to get there. Um, but those are the kinds of friendships that are really sustaining to me. And it's part of the reason why actually a lot of my closest friends in adulthood are, are women, um, who, um, I've known for a long time and have stayed in touch with and, and I'm close friends with. Yeah. I, uh, if I was faced with that conundrum, I don't, I don't know that I would do it. Like I, <laughs> it's, it's, it, it is hard. Um, now that I've had kids that are, that have been in school for, you know, up eight, nine years at this point, we just kind of naturally gravitate towards parents of our kids' friends. Um, apart from the friends that I had before we had kids. And I've, you know, like I said before, I've been lucky that one or two of them are kind of like-minded to me and, and are into games and into some kind of what I'll call non-traditional stuff to do. Um, I'm glad we have Schmendrix on this podcast because he's so much more well-spoken than I am. But like, I, I don't, I'm, I'm with him, right? I don't get into, I, I can't stand small talk. If we sit there and talk about the weather and how our jobs are going and stuff, I just like check out immediately and I nod and agree. And then I just, I leave the conversation. I'm like, I never want to do that again. Um, <laughs> and, and then I end up never talking to that person again. It's terrible, but that's just how my brain works. But if we start laughing about something weird or off topic or whatever, then I, you know, then I want to talk to that person again. Um, and I have a lot of interests that aren't like mainstream. So it's difficult to, it's difficult to be friends with me because I don't really want to talk about the random regular stuff. My wife hates it because she'll, she just wants to like, you know, talk to normal people. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want like normal people. They're boring. <laughs> I love like, the air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> normal people. How many yeah. conversations do we need to have about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey guys? Like, let's be honest. Like, right? have we not? Like, <laughs> I, I think, thankfully, I'm devoid. Like, we do not have those conversations. But the- yeah, last week, Kristen goes, we're, we're going to watch the Chiefs game. I want to watch it. And I'm like, why? Like, there, <laughs> there, there's no reason. Because they're fun uh, to Patrick watch. Mahomes. Yeah, yeah. It's pa- Ali's big on Patrick Mahomes, so we'll, he is we'll watch. so dreamy. Well, it makes sense. You guys look a lot alike, Nick. <laughs> you and Patrick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> dead, dead ringer. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw you on an insurance commercial somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you gotta do instead of the small talk. You gotta do those like really interesting off, uh, sort of off slant uh, icebreakers, like. 
what so what's your opinion what do you think of cereal is it considered soup like is cereal a soup or what's one of the things that you had oh it's uh, a hot dog a sandwich is a hot dog a sandwich and you just you drop one of those that's a good call and then you get into philosophical you know, an interesting debate philosophical whatever and it just get rid of the how's the weather how's your job at one point you know, i actually whatever. did have a bunch of those conversation starters in yeah, my you're wallet like 20 or 30 it was it's so much better and like it, all of a sudden the person's like wait a second i gotta think about that and you, you know it, it was it works best though if you're going into a group where there's like five people and then you you give the conversation opener because then people will have really really strong opinions and then it creates you know the cross conversation i love it see what i've what i've noticed from all three of you guys talking all three of you crave the vulnerability and the the authenticity of these conversations that you're having with each other and i wonder if more people want that in their life they just don't know how to get it and something like being part of discord where you can go into it and you can make up whatever name you want you can just lead into it kind of heart first being fully exposed and just be like hey guys this is what i'm feeling and if someone is is mean about it or if they don't receive you well you're like oh it's okay i don't have to see that person again they don't actually know who i am but the truth is is that no one ever responds that way. You know, you, you open up your heart. I, I'm a big believer of vulnerability breeds vulnerability. So if you are talking to someone and you say something that is, you know, really raw, really personal, very rarely is someone going to laugh at you. More often they're going to be like, hey, you know what? Um, now that you've shared this story with me, I feel safe enough where I can share the story with you. And then yeah. you move forward. Um, just on that point, because I think, it's it's good to to open up sort of that topic and that that channel i guess for others um for we we had fertility problems for six years and i like i said none of my friends were even in really like long-term relationships or anything definitely none of them had kids so i felt like i had no one to talk to and so i just bottled that up and and you know dealt with it for a long time and then eventually randomly i talked to someone at work one time and i mentioned it and he was like oh yeah like you know have you you know we had the same problem and, and all of a sudden it turned into like this thing where we just had a great conversation and a similar thing happened here uh, you know it's not my place to, to overshare but german has opened up before about it and we had a conversation about similar and it was just really refreshing to be open with someone especially as an adult male you know at least in my case typically don't share like more of the deeper topics um especially around you know uh, i don't know emotions and, and and dealing with certain stresses other than work and it was just really refreshing to have those conversations and i think you know the three of us have had similar conversations and it's just it is. It's deep. It's not that small talk. It It's nice to have something to relate to and to share with and to whether it's venting or whether it's like just being open to listening to someone. Um, I just find it. It's been really good. And Allie has helped me um, open up with with other people. And, I, and it's been very beneficial to my relationships with people. No, I, I think, Ali, you're onto something for sure. And I think, um, yeah, that is one thing I noticed on the Ashes Discord. I remember 
I remember those conversations um, happening. I think, you know, I have been, I've, I have been more private, you know, I don't, um, there's some things I'll, I'll talk about. There are other things that I think are trickier to, to navigate in these kinds of online spaces. Um, I don't always know why I'm making those decisions as much as my own, (laughs) just trying to work through my own insecurities or other things or mismatches between like what I think I should be doing. Um, like what I should be interested in and excited about and what I am doing. Um, you know, I, in my career, I'm a, uh, a leader in the organization I'm a part of, and it feels like sort of, uh, where I am in my career and where I am in my organization, I should be doing like more serious things. I should, I don't know. I should be like developing deep thoughts about, um, you know, Sun Tzu and, uh, (laughs) Herodotus or some shit. I don't know. And like, I'm mostly interested in thinking about whether Fiona should have 16 or 17 life, uh, to, to rebalance her. Um, so, you know, I think that's, um, I think that's tricky. And, you know, I think, uh, one thing I like about the discord is that like being a more senior member of my organization, it sometimes feels difficult to like have more peer like relationships with my colleagues. Um, which I miss. It's one of the things I really liked. I made a lot of good friends uh, in in organizations I've been a part of and not bringing that. It's part of the reason why I don't like talking about it as much because I really don't want hierarchy to be factoring into my relationships. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't feel relevant and I don't want to create that risk in a place like Discord. Yeah, it's, that's interesting to hear you talk about that because I'm, I'm in a similar boat, right? I'm a leader as well. And I've, feel the same way um and like i look at the other you know the other people that are leading and like they're you know they are like that's what they're doing they're developing deep thoughts like their careers their life and i'm like while my career is a big part of my life too i you know i'm also worried about fiona's life value more than some (laughs) some other things and but what, what was really cool that's happened for me is you know, part of my part of my job is also bringing in business to um, to my firm. So, and I'm, I struggle with that. I'm not good at it. I didn't get into accounting to be a salesperson. Um, you don't get into accounting to sell things. Like you, you come out of high school and it's like, yeah, I like to count stuff and I like to add things. I should be an accountant, right? <laughs> and then you you get into this business world and they're like, go sell accounting services to people and I'm like I don't want to talk to people it's not why I'm it's not why I'm in this thing but uh the guy that was training us for practice development sat me down and was like and I like you know what what are your issues with PD like what why do you struggle with this and like I or do you struggle with it I'm like yeah I can't can't, honestly I can't stand it I I don't want to go sell stuff I like to I like to do what I like to do and he goes well what do you like to do and I started throwing out stuff and one of them was board games. And he goes, well, he goes, aren't there companies that make board games? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, go get them as clients. And that's like, awesome. It's like, well, I, for whatever reason, just like never put that together. I ha- already had clients that made board games, but like I never thought, well, I'm going to go out and get more like target that specifically. And 
he's like, you know, are there conventions for this stuff? And I'm like, yeah, there's one. I, I go to it literally every year. And he's, he's like, well, why don't like you go there and make it a point to try and get business? Um, so which I did and now actually have some peers and colleagues that I can like that are leaders in their organizations. Right. But their organizations are doing the th- one of the things that I love so I can talk to them about that kind of stuff. Um, like Colby. Yeah. Like him. See, I know him. <laughs> um, but it's, it's just really cool to have that in a it, be able to marry those two things. Because I like while I can't talk to other accountants and stuff about board games, I can talk to some clients about it. And um, because yeah, that's a that's a struggle, right? Like you're you you're a leader in this in this big firm, and part of like feel like the expectation is you can't be like that. Like you 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 have to. There's a certain way that you have to be, and a certain way that you have to think and act. And I like always push back against that norm because I don't like that stereotype. But. Um, it's cool to be able to find ways to find outlets to it within the corporate world. The board game nerd amongst counting nerds. Mm -hmm. Hey, everybody gets to have a niche in something and I can be the, I mean, there's, there's not a CPA out there that's saying, Hey, I'm like the, I'm the guy that specializes in board game companies and I know your industry better than everybody else. And I can, I can like legit say that. So it's, that's See, pretty it's, cool. It's, I, I can sell it, right? That's I very can, cool. I can meet these people and be like, yeah. I, I play your games. I have a bunch of clients that do this. Like, I want to be the guy that does this for a living. So Plus, when you say a board game has too many scoring tracks, like, people have to pay attention. It's like, right. yo, I'm an accountant. <laughs> this game's too hard to figure out who's winning. It's too much. <laughs> so, now, like, just shifting off of games completely, non-gaming what do you guys do with your families? Like, what is something that you guys do, whether it's a weekly tradition, whether it's a way for you guys to connect? Um, what's something that you do with, I guess in each one of your cases, each one of you guys have two kids. So what do you guys do with your partners and your kids to connect that is not gaming related? Yeah, I mean, right now, so we have two kids and the youngest is five months old. So the, the, the daily schedule is pretty limited um, in terms of our free time, uh, but when we do get a chance, especially in the in the summer, we live in a town where they have a lot of great events that go on in the the town park. Like they put on concerts every week at night, and they'll do movie nights and things like that, or, or street uh, fairs, things like that. So we'll do those, which is really fun. We go for walks, we we'll go to the park, and then at night you know, during bed routine or just after bed routine before the kids actually go to sleep, we'll watch Bluey. And that's our way to connect because Bluey's amazing. If you haven't watched Bluey, I don't care what age you are. If you're single or a family person, you got to watch that show. It's awesome. There's something for everyone. So that's kind of our time um, as a family. And then outside of that, we have, you know, uh, we go see other family. We see our in-laws, we go to the cottage, things like that. Um, but yeah, when it's just us during the week, right now at least temporarily, it's just very sort of same routine-y, um, especially in the winter where it's a little more tricky with the rain and then the ice the next day and then the rain and the ice. So yeah. I feel like we're really in this moment where the boys are five. Um, you know, they have the attention span and the emotional fortitude to like watch a whole movie, for example, which wasn't true for a while, where I feel like we're really 
figuring out some of those traditions. So like, I think my wife grew up having, you know, pizza and movie night on Fridays and she was out of town this past weekend and the boys and I did that and we watched, um, big hero six, which is a little complicated for them at, in parts of it. But like, you know, if you've ever seen that movie, there's like a big white inflated character and just the physical comedy, (laughs) big hit with them. So it was, you know, I feel like we're kind of defining what some of those traditions are going to be for our family in a way that where we can all engage in them and not just like the bedtime routine, like sort of going beyond that to say, yeah, these are the things we do on, um, Saturdays consistently. Um, but yeah, the boys are, uh, a lot of our, a lot of our connection is very like doing physical activities, like twins, boy twins at five, (laughs) have a lot of energy. So like climbing, riding bikes, swimming, uh, which is, yeah, it's really fun. And they really excel at a lot of those things and pick them up really fast. So it's really fun to see them be, be excellent. This is, um, it's an, interesting question for me right now because i'm actually i'm actually really struggling with it (laughs) currently um i it's for a lot of reasons one is one is the time of year um it's this is really i mean i work a lot right now i'm working 60 70 hours a week so it's i don't have a ton of time to do a lot of other stuff with them but and it's also crappy outside and a lot of the things we do do together outside so it's tough to do um, but even more than that, I mean, I have a 14 year old and right. He is very, he's a teenager, right? He doesn't want a whole lot to do with us right now. He's, he's into, he wants to be with his friends. He wants to, you know, he's got a VR headset that he spends a good amount of every day that he's not at school on. And he's, um, you know, he's in band, he's in drama club. He's, he takes drum lessons. Like the kid's got a lot of stuff going on. So he's not around a lot. And when he is around, he's, you know, he really wants to talk, like he wants to be with his friends. He wants to do what they're doing. He wants to be on the phone with them or texting them or talking online or playing a video game with them. And that's what he's into right now. So I don't have a ton, like I'm really trying to struggle to find something to stay connected with him on. Um, My little one is the complete opposite. He wants to spend every waking minute with me that I'm around and um, he and I do Taekwondo together Um, he and I are big WWE fans which is kind of my guilty pleasure but like we'll we watch that all the time and we're the Royal Rumbles this weekend which is the literal the best thing about wrestling that can ever exist and we're all excited (laughs) about it so like I have a bunch of stuff that I do with him and um, my wife and I usually will take i mean besides lorcana which is a thing that she and i do a lot of together we you know we will watch tv at night movies we usually get the whole family to watch a movie and during the christmas season especially we did quite a bit of that um but we kind of have to force the older one like intern number one needs to be forced to get off what he's doing and sit down and watch a movie with the family um but in the summertime when it's nice out uh, well, he and I will go disc golfing. We're both into that. He likes it. And he he also, he's a, he's going to high school, right? He wants to work out and, you know, get jacked. So he's, like, trying to get out and <laughs> trying to get out and do stuff like that. And I'm, uh, as you can tell by looking at me, I'm super swole. 
and <laughs> completely into working out, obviously. But that's uh, sarcastic. I actually can't freaking stand it. So I don't want to do it, but I'll at least get out with him. And we were, for a while in the summer, we're, like, going three, four days a week out to the disc golf course and, like, jogging the course, playing nine holes with and, like, doing push-ups and sit-ups in between. It's like we got to... If we got a, if we like bogeyed a hole, we had to do extra push-ups and sit-ups. And if you miss a putt within 20 feet, you had extra push-ups. And we did stuff like that for a while, but it's kind of hard to do that when it's crappy and wet and rainy outside. So I got to figure out something else to do with him, but I'll figure something out. Disc golf is a lot of fun. I've only played it once with a buddy and I was immediately hooked because I used to play Ultimate Frisbee yep. and no one can see, but on the on the shelf behind me, I bought a set of <laughs> uh, disc golf discs. Uh, what was it? Basically a year ago, I think. Yeah. And I have yet to use them. They're on the shelf and everything just sort of between renovations uh, for six months and then our son being born, just time disappeared and I did not get to play. But I, I hope to eventually get out there and play a bunch uh another downside of not being in the city anymore is there doesn't appear at least on like the app there there's no local course so i'd have to drive a little bit but yeah. it's a lot of fun i also play we should uh there's some good courses near me mm-hmm. you guys should come out in the summer go i only gotta drive how many hundred miles a couple thousand miles yeah it's just a couple thousand just a couple thousand just a drop in the bucket we had a we tried to have a a Gen Con disc golf outing once me and um Doc Tar who was an old Ashes player and play tester he doesn't Oh yeah he's fa- he's fallen off. Yeah, he doesn't really play. I guess he's by you, huh, Schmendrich? Do you know him? He li- he's the li- he lives out in Denver, I think. What is half the Ashes community from <laughs> Colorado? <laughs> Maybe, but he I know he's from out there, but um he and I played one year at Gen Con. We went out like Sunday morning at 7.30 or something, or Saturday morning at 7.30, went out and played 18 holes before Gen Con one year. And we were trying to, like, get that organized every year after that, but then I missed a couple years, and he missed a year, so it hasn't happened since. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of it's actually kind of crazy how many gamers play disc golf. I think maybe it's a, like, it's that non-mainstream type thing. Uh, Chaos Theory is really big into disc golf. So... I guess what it seems like is if I make it out to Gen Con this year, I got to bring my disc, my disc and we'll, we'll all go. I'll do it. Yeah. We'll play disc golf, uh, have really vulnerable <laughs> emotional conversations and uh, play ashes. It sounds be great. A grand old time. I, no, it <laughs> legitimately, it's, it legitimately sounds great. Um, our host has actually had to abandon ship um, for <laughs> for a little bit. Uh, our son woke up and has uh, need of nursing. So I'll continue. Thankfully, she left some notes. Um, if you guys had a week off, I know, Frank, that would be a dream right now. If you had a week off right now, full budget, zero obligations, what are you and the family doing together? We're probably on a beach somewhere. That's not my idea of a great time, but it is their idea of a great time. And uh, the last couple of vacations we've done have been 
like high energy go 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 type things that I really get into. So I and I really What's an example? Um like Disney, Universal, amusement parks. We did Gatlinburg, which was go somewhere every day and that had Dollywood in it, which is another amusement park. Um it's been a while since we've taken like a everyone just chill for a while vacation. So and I I could really use that at this point in my life. So even though it's not something I usually shoot for, I think I would be into that right now. So that's what we'd be doing. Hawaii, probably. I've always wanted to go there. Yeah, I mean, beach vacations are great. My kids really love food um, and uh, <laughs> they have some interesting tastes for five year olds. Like over Christmas break, they're really um, they're really into Dungeness crab. So I took them out to to crab uh, for lunch and like. The waitress looked at me funny when I had these two little kids, and then she was like, "You want the kids menu?" It's like, "No, just some crab clusters, please." Yeah. Um, so, like, yeah, I, they're not quite old enough. You know, they've we've taken them on planes before, but no flight longer than like three hours. But like, once they can go on a longer flight, I really want to take them to like you know Rome or Tokyo or like you know just a. Paris, like a world-class food city and just watch them go ham on some <laughs> sushi or pasta. Cause they are, they, they really know how to enjoy, enjoy life when a good plate of food is put in front of them. The best sushi that we have ever had was in Tokyo. Uh, we went to, we, we stayed up. We, we took an Airbnb that was close enough to, at the time was called Tsukiji fish market they've since relocated it's still called that but they've split it up um and it's like the premier fish market in the world and so we got up super early at like three o'clock to go on the tour of the fish market and by the time we were done the tour which was only an hour and a half or whatever the lineup for it's like it's a it's an active fish market where they do like auctions on these huge tuna it's crazy and they're shouting out numbers and these things are going for tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars it was insane there's all kinds of stuff anyway when we got out the lineup for lunch had already started it was a six hour wait and we're like uh, what is like, what is that? We're not waiting for that. And they're like, well, that's for like the grade a like sushi place, like the, the market. They're like, there's a, a grade B like right over there. And it was where <laughs> all the, the travelers, like the backpackers were, and we're like, yep, yeah, we'll do that. We met mm. some Australians there and it was the best. It was so expensive, but it was amazing. So yeah, definitely go Tokyo's highly recommended but it is a long long flight to get there for us yeah no we we basically didn't take any vacation last year i carried over like 20 days uh no. so i got no it is not it's not healthy man you gotta <laughs> well it's like okay so not that we didn't i didn't take any time off it just happened to be i took well, I took pat leave, but there was like, I had also carried over days from the year prior. And so it's just sort of snowballed a little bit, but we haven't gone anywhere since 2022. We did a cruise and that was amazing um, with, with our daughter. She was two at the time. And that was just out, out of like, we left from Florida. So it was a couple hour flight, 
I would ideally like to go over to Europe, um, probably to do like a stay, sort of more of a staycation in France or Spain. Um, but yeah, six or seven hour flight might be a little tricky. We'll see though. Uh, it's, you know, it's doable. I know people have done a lot longer flights with young children and it's fine. It's just, you got to manage it and prepare. But yeah, definitely want to go somewhere and do something this year. It's on the list. Got to take some time away. And we're back with our host. She's back. Now we were just talking about um, if we had like zero obligations and no no budget restrictions what we would do and uh frank said that you'll have to listen to you'll have to listen to the podcast (laughs) she's gonna be doing the editing later so she'll hear it all you don't have to give me the recap Recap, yeah yeah. i'll live i'll live this a few times we'd all go on vacation yeah i'd probably also upgrade my internet yeah that's a good one jumping me (laughs) off the discord call every five minutes probably your son on his vr yeah he's taking all the internet him talking with his friends i wish i could blame him he's supposed to be asleep but i mean i guess theoretically he's probably up on his phone like watching porn or doing whatever 14 year old kids do 14 years old (laughs) (laughs) i used to have one of those like tube tvs in my bedroom and my parents would send me to bed and they'd be like don't watch tv and i'd be like of course not never yeah (laughs) so i'd go upstairs and i'd watch tv and then my parents i'd hear them coming up the stairs so i'd turn off the tv and then my dad would walk in and you could just hear the static on the TV. Like the, the little it's prickles. Still fuzzy. It's yeah. still fuzzing. It's like, still glowing. It's like, I don't know. It just does that. It's really weird. I've been a habitual night owl since I was a kid. Like I just <laughs> never go to sleep before midnight. I don't know. But that's just me. Oh, for the love of peace. Now Rosie's different. awake. Okay. Oh, God. That's okay. Well, that was fun. Okay, Schedule program. Back. Well, thanks for the drink. Yeah, no problem. You send me spitty. Yeah, alcohol is going to make it better. Are we going to fill time for Allie to come back and close us out, or do we want to... We should definitely fill time. There's nothing... Allie will fix it in post. Anything we want to cut, she can just... <laughs> Isn't that always the way? We just go over, go get disconnected. Let's talk about the chain list. We could. We can talk about it. just shove that in the middle of this like here here's about us and by the way the chain list. I'm I like it. That's good. I, I think it's a good one. That's my that's my simple take. I think it's probably one of the better ones. I know everyone's like, uh hypnotize. I don't care. It doesn't change anything. I hope it's good. Golden Veil is a great one. Right before the last chain list I was playing um I mean, the, the Rin deck I was playing with the whale, the Rin whale deck, was actually as much about uh, vampire bats double down and sleeping widows in the first five. And the whale was kind of like, you know, a pivot. And then they cha- chained widows and double down. <laughs> so anyway, I'm kind of curious. I'm, in, I'm interested to go back. I think double down's not chained. What? They didn't chain double down? No, no, they it was chained and then it was unchained again and now widows is back off the chain list i want to build a bunch of mean aggro swarm decks uh with some combination of widows and double down in the first five. Oh, it's absolutely the meta is going to change for sure it's gonna it's gonna be messy for a while but it's definitely i think going to push some of the aggro back now we'll we'll see how how it pans out in ashcon is next i don't even know what day today is it starts like a week from now, from now. We, 
we should probably given this episode is going to go out we should at least we, we didn't do our normal intro or news everyone should sign up for ashcon 5 uh there's a link on plat hat's website it's just a simple google's form sign up before the start of february i think february 2nd is the official end of registration and then it starts on the 5th um i'm throwing this all off of memory so i could be entirely wrong and it's a week long it's pods it's great you have to build a deck with at least one card from blight which i think is not a strong enough requirement and uh yeah we'll have fun so there you go there's our little news bit and back to our regular programming with ali our hostess with the mostess ali yeah you need to you need to get this back under control it has been gone completely <laughs> off the rails I mean, like i said the good thing is now we're we're in the end run we're gonna rapid fire through things just in case the kids wake up again so i know it's absurd we have a four bedroom house and yet all four of us right now are sleeping in one room so when jack wakes up he's in a bassinet so when he wakes up screaming rosie who's in our bed she wakes up screaming so i get jack down i get rosie down things are good i come downstairs and then i think she was honestly sleepwalking she was just standing at the top of the stairs eyes closed oh god just (laughs) so i i picked her up and put her in bed and she was back out anyway all the under 30 crowd just left so um (laughs) we don't have those luckily let's just go to the rapid fire now so that uh we can end this on a high so for the sake of us doing a rapid fire What is going to work is we're not going to give any explanation for the answers. I'm going to ask a question and then we'll just go ping, ping, pong, and you guys can each say your answers and we'll just go like that. We'll do it based off of the order that you guys are tiling on our screen right now. So it'll go Nick, then it will go Frank, then it will go Nathan. I'm going to preface so many of these answers. (laughs) No, it's not allowed. You just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is this is going to be what will generate conversation in the Discord is people will be like, wait. Yeah, at least when you break the rules, you won't have to sleep on the couch since you can pick up any of the other three bedrooms, apparently, that are available to you <laughs> in the doghouse. So the rapid fire, starting with Nick. Best game to play with peers in real life, IRL. Concordia or Lagrana? I'd say Catan. I'll say Terraforming Mars. Okay. Oh, that is a good one. Okay. Best game to play with peers online? Ashes. Ashes. And that's not a cop-out. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I, it's Ashes. Yeah, obvi. All right, so what do you guys find is the best solo game? Video game, Frostpunk, board game, Mage Knight. Video game, I mean, Mega Man 2 is the best game that's ever been created. And uh, board game, I don't like solo board games. I'm going to pass. I don't play many video games, uh, so I'm just going to skip that one. I mean, I probably play by far the most champions, Marvel champions solo, but I actually think uh, Too Many Bones would be my favorite. Okay, so book. What was the book that changed you in some way? Hatchet by Gary Paulson, I think, (laughs) or Harry Potter. Yeah, Harry Potter is the answer for me. Probably the fourth one, actually. Goblet of Fire? Yes. Solid. Yeah, solid answer. So I've never read Harry Potter. What? Oh, that's going to generate some conversation <laughs> after this. Oh my god, I think I just woke up our kids with that scream. I, I'm shocked. Oh, read it with your kids. Lord of the Rings. Uh, you just went down a few pegs in Allie's book. It's fine. 
That, that might have ended. If we had started with this, that might have ended the whole episode. Well, no, I once had someone ask me and they said, if you could have selective amnesia, if someone could just, you know, conk you on the head and just remove one memory of yours, what would that memory be? And I thought about it for a while and I was like, oh, I would want someone to remove all of my knowledge of Harry Potter from my brain so that as an adult, I could then pick up the books and experience them all for the first time. Because I was very much growing up with Harry Potter being roughly the same age as the books were coming out um, to a certain extent. And the problem with that was that there were so many spoilers. So there are some like pivotal moments that I I, uh, had spoiled for me. So. Yeah, I just read the Wikipedia article, so I'd have some relevant cultural <laughs> knowledge. <laughs> the major, yeah. Um, I'm gonna change. I'm gonna change my answer. Actually, am I allowed to do that, or is it sure, too late? Yeah, it's your um, podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd forgotten the the Westing game I read when I was in sixth grade. That's a great book. Yeah, that was a that got me into like mystery and predicting things all right um what's the best comfort book you've read one that you've read and reread and reread so i don't really reread much of anything i'm always on to the next thing but i guess the closest proxy for that would be harry potter if i consider rereading some parts of it and then the movies and then audiobooks in the car i've read deathly hallows like 46 times yeah i probably am the same is that a harry potter book yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I've reread uh, The Lord of the Rings a few times. That, so both sort of life-changing and... Uh, yeah, I mean, there are, there are a lot of life-changing books that I've read, but I think that's it for me. Tom Bombadil just comforts your soul. Yeah, for sure. 300 pages of leaves and branches and grass, bl- blades of grass. It's the songs that got me on those books. There's so much singing that you have to read through. They're awesome books, though. I just usually skip that part. You guys are laughing at it, but I have to say Nathan's vocabulary is incredible. It is. And a lot of that comes from reading very detailed it information about trees. It is not from Rings. Don't give this guy credit. <laughs> no. <laughs> the first time I read The Hobbit, I was in second grade. So it gives you an idea of what I was doing with my time when I was a kid. In grade two, I... Oh, again, this isn't my podcast. No one cares. We could have a whole episode. <laughs> so, um, next one would be, what's the book that you recommend to other people? The entire Stormlight Archive by Brandon Sanderson. Ugh. Also the Miss Borden series, but now the Stormlight. Have you read it? Don't ugh. It's great. I'm sure it's great. I won't yuck your yum. I always recommend uh, Percy Jackson and Lightning Thief, especially to people that were big Harry Potter fans that were looking for the next thing. There you go. I haven't read it, so maybe one day. It's a Disney show now, too. It is. There's like 16 books or something now in that series, and they're good. The book I've been recommending most to people lately is um, Gideon the Ninth, which is really awesome, and The Cap recommended it to me last year, and I like flew through all three of those books there's a fourth one coming there's so many good books but yeah that's a good i know one. There, there are a lot of good books it, it's but yeah okay so next one this is now for any of these you can choose a movie or a tv series because kind of there's a lot of overlap with them these days so what is your favorite drama for movies i hate this question because there's just too many like i just love movies series breaking bad all-time best show but if i was recency bias i would pick the bear 
and I recommend that to anybody. That show is amazing. You said you said that over the wire. Breaking Bad over the wire, but barely. Those are like the first. This is the problem. I'm a big movie and TV person. Breaking Bad and The Wire are probably tied for number one all time. But The Bear recently is way up there. There's I, I this would be like an hour podcast just to go over movies and TV series. <laughs> yeah, when the wire... I had to look at my TV time app and be like, I could recommend this one. I could recommend no. Yeah, no. When the wire ended, you went into like legitimate mourning. Yeah. <laughs> but I went into mourning over uh, Veronica Mars too. So, you know, to flip a coin depends on the day. <laughs> I don't watch drama anymore, basically. Um, but when I did, it was probably if you would count either Memento or The Prestige as Ooh, yeah. dramas, those are probably it's, it's a tie between those two, I would say. Memento is Memento's great. One of my top movies of all time, for sure. I mean, I loved I loved The Wire, and there's so many episodes and moments from that show that I think about all the time um, and want to reference constantly. <laughs> um, and I've watched it through like three or four times, uh, so that would be my favorite. But um, if you want something new. And not the typical answer of a 30-something white man uh, in North America. <laughs> um, we watched The Bridge, uh, the original Danish and Swedish version during the pandemic. Um, and that show is an awesome Scandinavian murder mystery. Uh, warning that one of the seasons, as far as I know, or when we were going through it, is not available on any streaming service or on U.S. format DVDs. <laughs> So I had to buy uh, both an international like DVD player and a European DVD uh, during the pandemic. That's hardcore. But it's great. Whoa, that's so hardcore. That's very hardcore. It was 2020. You know, I had time on my hands. Now, same thing. Best movie or series for comedy? Movie, Pineapple Express or the other guys. Series, Community, Ted Lasso, Schitt's Creek. I would go with Anchorman for movies and series uh, i was also a big fan of ted lasso i would probably give it to the office though i'll go with stella for tv great random little show from the guys who michael ian black and um that group that's hilarious so next would be movie or series something specifically that you can quote so like a comfort show that you would put on so you mentioned the office but something that is a comfort yeah, series-wise, The Office, and movie-wise, probably Home Alone or Snatch. I could quote a lot of movies, though. I quote them a lot of time, and no one on the Discord server gets my references, because usually <laughs> they're so obscure. It's not the main quotes or anything. It's like an offhanded line that, for some reason, stuck in my head. And it's like, I'm going to throw this into part of a conversation just to see if anyone picks up on it. And nobody does. Yeah, Dad, you told us. Yeah, I did the yin and yang. Someone, I, I, I said yin and yang today in the server just to see if anyone picked up on the reference from Silicon Valley. No one did, but that's okay. It's like an obscure, like, season one reference. And I'll do that all the time just to, just to see. It's like sonar. It's like just sending out little pings so mm -hmm. it comes back. I quote friends on a daily basis and... I, I quote Anchorman very much too, but I already use that. So I, I also quote Star Wars quite often. I don't quote. I quote literature. <laughs> I don't quote literature either. I think, you know, I could always watch Seinfeld. I like so it. glass case of emotion defines Frank. <laughs> and it's gold, Jerry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
And now what about a movie or series that you could watch with your family? Do you guys have any of those? We will watch whatever Pixar movie is du jour on repeat for weeks, sometimes months at a time. So probably that. But series wise, Bluey. Ours is Gravity Falls. That's our our big family TV show that we watch together. I don't know that. You don't know Gravity Falls? No. Holy crap, dude. (laughs) Gravity Falls. Needs to be watched. Fantastic, fantastic cartoon series. Have you seen Phineas and Ferb? Hmm. No. Your kids are probably a little too young for that. You're, yeah, it's a, your kids need to be like a year or two older, probably. Is that a show for people who like Harry Potter? <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> M- Movie-wise, it's like Christmas movies we get into a lot. So like The Grinch, Home Alone, that Christmas Vacation, we... Always watch those in the holiday season. Which Grinch? How the Grinch Stole Christmas with Jim Carrey or the Grinch with Benedict Cumberbatch or the old, old The Grinch? We will watch all three, but I prefer the Jim Carrey version. Okay, that was the right answer. Yeah. The Benedict Cumberbatch, and again, not my also podcast. Also very good, but no, Fine. quotable is Jim Carrey's version. Agreed. I use Loathe Entirely quite a bit, actually, in my daily life. Yeah, I need to keep up with Bluey so I know what games the boys want me to play. Like, they were like, we need to play... Dada, I want to play Tickle Crabs after dinner. I was like, oh, that's definitely a Bluey game, and I do not know how to play. <laughs> but I love Bluey. It's a great show. Bandit really sets the standards high for parenting. Yeah. He really does. If you want to feel like a dad who's not doing enough, also watch Bluey. <laughs> so, aside, have you guys ever seen Game Theory on YouTube? I know of it, but only because Matt Pat like, just retired. Yeah, he, he did just retire, although there's a couple left. He just released a theory on Bluey about how he's his theory is that magic is actually real in the Bluey universe and that when Bandit is like pretending to do things, he's not actually pretending. It's like he's having magic cast on him and he's being forced to do these things. It's fantastic. I don't even watch Bluey, but I got all the references of it and I, if you're a Bluey fan, I suggest going to find that 20-minute video and watching it. You'll enjoy it. I can see it. Okay, so now we're on to food. So food, what is your favorite food to cook? Whatever microwaves under three minutes. I, I don't enjoy cooking, so whatever I can <laughs> heat up and eat. I am with you, but I do make a mean set of fajitas, so I will cook those from time to time. Uh, I really like to cook. Uh, I really like to make pizza. Uh and I really like to make uh, eggplant parmesan with eggplant from our garden. It has to be the sophisticated one of the bunch, you know? Like, we don't have a garden. We did have a garden. It got fried during the summer we weren't here. <laughs> okay, so your favorite food to order when you're at a fancy restaurant? Sushi or mahi-mahi, which is also fish. The fish so nice, yeah. they named it twice. <laughs> the most expensive steak that they have. I love king oyster mushrooms, and if there's a restaurant that has, like, a vegetarian option for that that is what i will pick and yes you've figured it out i'm a snobby person uh i also happen to be a pescatarian and so i have a reason to be seeking out all of these vegetarian options that's fair we are do you, is this is is this something you want to talk about publicly no i i don't care i'm what's we're, this we're flexible we're mostly plant-based. We're mostly plant. I would say we're flexible, though. Like, oh, I eat chicken. Yeah, I, I eat chicken. We like, but- we'll eat chicken the same way that someone would, like, socially smoke a cigarette. 
something. You know, like you're at a party if and you've there, had a few drinks. But, or if then... it's the only thing that's there, yeah. <laughs> no, it's a taboo this thing, is, though. It's not a taboo thing to be well, vegetarian are, or whatever these days. People have opinions. People do have opinions. All right, people be opinioning. I will apologize then to the rest of the podcast because I will eat all the meat that there I is. I love steak. Damn meat eater. <laughs> Um, okay, so then your favorite comfort food? I like a stew. Generally, like a sweet potato s- soup or a lentil stew. Something warm and hearty during the fall. Yeah, that's it. Uh, mine is tortilla chips and salsa at all times. Mm. I do like to destroy. I do like to destroy some tortilla chips and salsa, but usually under the influence of other things. Um, I think comfort food. I'd say just yeah, like pasta, pretty much of any variety. <laughs> especially like a lasagna Mm. very good favorite dessert chocolate chip cookies ice cream Mm. strawberry rhubarb pie oh damn now i want to change my answer to some sort of pie (laughs) Ah, whatever (laughs) i do like an apple pie you were so confident in your in your answer i was but yeah no i'm i I like my desserts all right favorite chips miss vicky salt and vinegar or doritos sweet chili heat I would dummy bags of each of those. Like I said, I do like the regular tortilla chips and salsa quite a bit, but if it's just chips, I'll go with Cool Ranch Doritos. I will eat a whole bag of those without stopping. Those late July lime jalapenos, basically bougie Doritos. I was going to say, Nathan's never heard of Doritos. (laughs) I've heard of them. I just don't lower myself to eat them. (laughs) He's never tried one. Uh, What's your favorite cereal? Okay, are we talking strictly cereal? Because then it's probably... So- Don't you mean soup? <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. Nice. Call back. Lucky Charms if we're talking cereal cereal. If we're talking breakfast broadly, then overnight oats. Cinnamon Toast Crunch for the win. I waffle between Cinnamon Toast Crunch and Golden Grahams. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I like waffles. <laughs> waffle. <laughs> I feel like what are, there are waffle-based cereals. I just don't think they're any good. French Toast Crunch. That's not exactly a waffle, but that's as close as you're going to get cereal-wise. But yeah, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, it's such a problem. It is. I don't like to drink dairy milk, and I have to like... If I if I get oat milk, I, I eat way too much cereal. Okay, so favorite ice cream? Heavenly Hash. Mint chocolate chip. I like just coffee. Coffee ice cream. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, is that the snobby option? <laughs> Yes. Why? It's not. It's not fucking pistachio or some shit. It's just like solid grandpa vibes. But like you know the grandpa who's got like the cardigan and yeah, that's me. That's my brand, grandpa vibes. I'm gonna change. You could have been like vanilla bean or something. It's not quite that bad. Yeah. Um, so what's your music right now? Uh, favorite music to listen to during the day? I, I listen to a variety of things, but whenever I find like five songs, I'll just listen to them on repeat for eight hours. So I don't know what it is right now. One of them's from Gabby's Dollhouse. One of them is probably from Gabby's Dollhouse. It's true. And then I don't know. There's like some Taylor Swift in there and there's some the, other stuff. There's that song from um, Spirited. That, uh, oh, the yeah, Christmas yeah, movie. the Christmas movie. If you guys haven't seen Spirited with Will Ferrell and um, Ryan Reynolds, it's a good one, but the, the opening song is a banger. Keep that in mind. I, I do not get into music very much. Usually if I'm listening to something, it's like old nostalgic video game music or like the latest Disney song that came out or something weird like that. Like Moana? Sometimes, yeah. I 
I've been listening to a lot of the music I used to listen to back in college. I've just been on a very nostalgic kick lately. Uh, so yesterday I was listening to a bunch of Interpol, which is awesome. And it's not snobby, I don't think. I really, I was expecting like Vivaldi. <laughs> I should have said that. Listen to some Yanni. Mozart is my daily go-to. <laughs> All right, now music, best music for driving. Songs I can sing loudly to. I don't care what it is. 90s music is great for that. You just shout it out loud. Yeah, I, I agree. Anything I know the words to and can sing is perfectly fine. Paul Simon's Graceland. Pretty good. Uh, best song to put you in a good mood. Hysteria by Muse. I the Tiger. Song gets me fired up. <laughs> Makes you want to do stairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dancing on My Own by Robin. Oh, that's a good okay. one. Or maybe call your girlfriend. They're both bangers. Any chance any of you guys are into RuPaul's Drag Race? Because if you want to watch some amazing lip syncs, Robin's pretty decent up there. And uh, I had to stop letting my daughter watch that show with me because for her third birthday party, she did a very inappropriate dance for the entire family. <laughs> that was entirely based off of Drag Race. I love that. Yeah, it's one of three-year-old dead drops. It's like, no. <laughs> she did a death drop and then she just started like air humping. Yeah. And then nope. everyone went from watching Rosie to everyone turned and looked at me and they were like, what is she doing? And then I was looking at her for a while and I was like, oh, if you know the source material, it's actually pretty impressive. Like she's doing yeah. a almost <laughs> a beat by beat replay. Robin, a good singer. Um, okay. So, oh, here's a good one for music. Wedding song. What was your first dance wedding song? Grow Old With You by Adam Sandler, which he sung in The Wedding Singer. Ours was I Knew I Loved You Before I Met You by Savage Garden. <gasps> Ooh, that's oh, that's a good one. I used to sing that song in the bathtub. It's the nicest. We danced to an old Crow Medicine Show song. I'm trying to remember. I mean, I know the lyrics and the tune. I don't remember what it's called. I'll have to look it up before the divorce lawyer comes in. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good thing she's preparing for the ski trip. Yeah, for sure. Uh, musical instruments. What instruments can you play? I, I probably can't play anything anymore. I used to play the Barry sax. Uh, I was in band, a lot of bands in high school. But yeah, that was my instrument. I cannot play anything I sang in high school, so I skipped over all of that. Play my voice. You have a beautiful voice. I'm sure you... I what's, don't. The vocal cords. <laughs> Let's see, what can I say? Uh, I can play the clarinet. Used to be able to play the piano. Probably still figure out how to. You're learning how to play the piano. Yeah, one hand at a time. Yeah, we've got one of those keyboards that lights up and it tells you what keys to hit ahead of time. So he's. It's really cool. Yeah, he's taking lessons on that. Yeah. Uh, travel. Okay, what's the coolest place you've ever visited? Machu Picchu. We we did the hike for five days. That was amazing. Yeah, hundred kilometers. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Which is more impressive if you say it in kilometers than miles. That's hard. I'm. I'm not very well traveled. I guess it's probably Riviera Maya on our honeymoon. We went to Cambodia and seeing Angkor Wat was really amazing. Um, we also saw the Killing Fields. That was also really life-changing, but not in a positive, I mean, just very deeply moving. Good answers. What's the best trip you've ever been on? It's a tie between our trip to Peru and our honeymoon, which was a whirlwind of, I think, 12 countries. Those were probably my two best memories for traveling. Yeah, that's cool. I, I really enjoyed our, our Riviera Maya honeymoon where I did literally nothing the whole time. 
because I'm usually running around, but our uh, our trip to Universal last year was I'm, I'm obviously a huge Harry Potter fan. Got to go do all of that thing, and that was awesome. So, did you have butterbeer? Yeah. Close second. Oh yeah, absolutely. Every type of butterbeer they had. So good. Fire whiskey, butterbeer. I got. I did all the things. Um, I still that Cambodia trip. I mean, we also went to um, Vietnam on that trip, and that was awesome. It was like our last trip before we. Uh, adopted the boys um and it was really a nice way to wrap up international travel for that was in, also in 2019 uh so yeah it was a great way to go out what's the best family trip you've ever done we've only done one so the cruise with our, our daughter two years ago that was great i personally probably enjoyed our disney universal trip the best but i think my family would not answer that and they would say a beach trip we took with my wife's family and all of so all of the aunts and uncles and nieces and nephews in a we stayed in a big house in um ocean isle in that north carolina i think for a week and they really enjoyed that so that's probably the right answer big family trip that's cool yeah um we take a trip uh most summers to um the east coast to jersey shore and that's a really fun trip every year nick's laughing because his only (laughs) experience with jersey shore is with the situation (laughs) in jwow and snooki there's a lot more to the jersey shore than that yeah not in my mind that's what i'm picturing now when you go fair enough the cabs are here <laughs> jim tan laundry <laughs> nathan 2024 oh with nathan's hair all spiked up yeah i don't know those references i haven't actually seen that show so i'll just take your word uh, for it. Uh, oh we're trash we've yeah, seen we it are. all we've seen <laughs> yeah i was probably watching uh you know masterpiece theater or something on pbs <laughs> <laughs> uh, sports what is your favorite sport to watch on tv probably nfl football me too i don't watch many sports these days but yeah yep nfl for me as well you guys just really you're just really rubbing it in aren't you yeah we're just the commoners <laughs> <laughs> no i'm a, i i like to watch uh a good game of croquet no, I don't. <laughs> uh, I watch Premier League soccer. I'm a big Liverpool fan, um, so I really like to... What I love about it is like you watch it at 7 in the morning or 8 in the morning mountain time like while the boys are waking up uh, and having breakfast, and I'm done with my sports for the weekend. So what is your favorite sport to watch in person? We haven't gone to a lot of things. Basketball, probably. I've only been once, and that was exciting. We yeah, saw was- the Raptors. It was fan appreciation night. We got all like painted up. And they were like tossing out prizes and it was just like, it was, yeah, it was a fun time. And then they interviewed us for the local news station. (laughs) They were like, you guys are dressed up. And they were like, so what are your thoughts? And Nick and I couldn't, first of all, we don't know the rules of of basketball. We don't know any of the players and we just want it to be on TV. So they kept asking (laughs) us questions and we were like, yeah, no, total, total. (laughs) We like sports, sport hard. They got lots of three points. That was cool. like in in the ballad of ricky bobby when he first gets he wins and he first gets interviewed you've seen that movie he doesn't know what to do with his hands oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mine's baseball i i always i can't every year I have to go to at least one baseball game just there's nothing like going to a, it's america's pastime 
Do you keep score when you go? Yes. That's the only, that's the only correct answer. <laughs> yeah, I do. I taught my kids how to do it. We, we went to, we had, we, our vacation last year. All right. You're an accountant. Of course you do. Our vacation last year was Boston. So we went to Fenway. That was one of the things I wanted to do and saw a Red Sox game and I taught the kids how to keep score. That's awesome. Pay $50 for a can of beer. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I, I, I would also say baseball. It's hard because I'm a Mets fan. So that's like a curse that you have to carry around with you at all times. Um, but it's pretty, it's pretty yeah, fun. Try living, try living by Cleveland. <laughs> Fair. Favorite sport to play? Ultimate Frisbee. Played it for years, played multiple times a week. That was great. Loved it. Yeah, I played Ultimate for a long time as well, but it's disc golf now. Oh, look, look over Nick's no, shoulder. I, oh, we covered this. Yeah. Was, it, was it when I was upstairs? Yeah, you were gone. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awkward. Catch it and post. <laughs> <laughs> I bet I have 70 discs in my car right now. I like to play, I like to play soccer too. Don't you mean football? Yeah. <laughs> what am I, a snob? What are you talking about? <laughs> Soccer. What teams do you support? I guess you can choose whatever sport you want, but yeah. what teams? I mean, I I don't really, but it used to be whatever team Brady would play for. So it was the Patriots for whatever it was, a decade, two decades, and then the Bucks. Now, I don't really care. Watch the highlight videos, cheer for everyone. Um, I root for all the Cleveland sports teams, and that's, a, that's terrible to be a fan of them but love my browns love my guardians now um when i was in when i was a kid in the 80s i was a front runner so i still have like a soft spot for the 49ers because they were winning everything when i was learning how to watch football so now that the browns are out i'll root for them um yeah mets liverpool that's about it afc richmond afc richmond (laughs) (laughs) All right, and uh, the last one is: Do you watch esports? Yeah, I primarily watch Dota two highlight reels, and sometimes maybe some StarCraft, but not much these days. Um, I watch speedrunning quite a bit, if that qualifies. Ooh, that's fun! Yeah, that counts. Yeah, I love I love watching speedruns. I love watching the one that they do the randomizer races. Those are great um, for like the old Zelda games and. Uh, Basically just those, and sometimes the Final Fantasy games. And I watch some Street Fighter tournament play once in a while. I watch the videos of, like, the behind how all those speedrunning and, like, the cheats and things work. Oh, yeah, I watch those all the time. It's great. It's incredible how people find that stuff. I speedran Mega Man 2 for a little while. I got down to, like, 32 minutes or something. It was, like, five minutes off the world record, and I stopped trying. Wow. That's That's impressive. impressive. You know, Tetris was just beaten. Kind of. I saw that. You know, like, it broke the game. Yeah, and it was amazing. All right, we're cutting off Nathan. I don't. <laughs> I used to watch Overwatch uh, some, but I lost interest. Aren't they, like, canceling that, or haven't they, like, shot it in the foot? I don't know, man. Like I said, I'm paying attention. Fair enough. All right, well, we're now over the two-hour mark, and uh, I've got to edit all of this. Yeah, good luck. And I honestly don't know if... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if uh, we've kept all the listeners at this long. No, probably not. But you know what? Someone, some dedicated fan will listen to half of it on their way to work and half of it on their way back. So whoever that is. Thank you. For we that. can take guesses. But yeah, thank you. Hey, and now we're on Apple Podcasts. So there you go. We've got three platforms we're up on. Boom. Solved. That's impressive. We're international boys. I love it. There's no excuse to not listen to us now. Get us up past the, the Joe Rogan mark. 
So this was supposed to be in my intro, but I forgot it. Some things about the 25th episode. So according to Wikipedia, the 25th is also known as a quarter century. It's also known as two dozens and a one. Five times five. That's just people saying numbers that add up to 25. (laughs) This was all on Wikipedia and I was like, whoa, I'm glad I researched this. (laughs) This is your silver episode if we're talking about years married. So you guys should get each other something silver as a way of uh, remembering it. Silver snakes. Look at that. Oh, there you go. If this episode was an Adele album, it would feature both hit songs Hello and When We Were Young. See? So it could be our biggest one yet. This is an interesting fact specifically for Frank because it involves adding. It's the sum of all odd single digit prime numbers. So one plus three plus five plus seven plus nine. Nine's not nine's prime. A, yeah, nine's, nine's not, not prime. prime though. We'll take it up with Wikipedia, guys. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, Wikipedia. Scientifically, this episode will be known as the magnesium episode if we're talking about the periodic table. Hmm. So, um, yeah, just some real thought-provoking stuff to end the episode off on right there. I guess it is the sum of all single-digit odd numbers. They could have just stopped there. Yeah, it didn't have to be prime numbers. (laughs) Single-digit numbers. And I didn't bother to fact check, so. No. No. And that's from Wikipedia. There you go. That goes to show. Where is society coming to these days? Well, guys, it's been a pleasure actually listening to a full episode. (laughs) Because normally (laughs) I'm scrubbing over all of it. You've never made it through one? (laughs) so congratulations on making it for 25 thank you and i look forward to hopefully editing at least another 25 more 25 more yeah we could not do this without you ali i hope you recognize that yeah i was just gonna say like (laughs) while we have you on here we should publicly thank you for doing all of this behind the scenes because if i was editing it as was the original plan this would be terrible so thank you it is my pleasure i've said on many times um, I have a very, very, very strong type A personality, so much so that we joke in our family that you can't spell Allie without a capital type A. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it gives me a little bit of uh, satisfaction knowing that I can do some work on it. And it means a lot to Nick. I mean, he he's very much he's a really social guy. And when the pandemic hit, no, don't shake your head. You are. You are. Um, When the pandemic hit, he lost all of his social vices and he lost being able to play ultimate Frisbee and seeing things. So he for him to find this community that I think is actually good for his mental health, like I think it's a good thing for him. The fact that I was able to find some way of being able to encourage it and support it and also have him try something that's new, like it's it's a it's a fulfilling thing for me to be able to do. So I'm, I'm happy to be part of it. That's awesome. And ever since you took over, we don't have uh, those complaints on YouTube when we were like one <laughs> one channel recording from whatever it was, Skype, and yeah. it did not work. <laughs> Anytime there was a disconnect, it was like, where were we? <laughs> did we just lose 20 minutes? Yeah, growing pains. We all have yep. them. Got to start somewhere. All That's right. It. Yeah. Well, are you going to do the sign off too? You have, Absolutely you have to not. Do it. <laughs> Absolutely it's, it's a not. rite of passage i don't remember all of them I, it's something there's a frog and there's a wolf and there's a snake you only have to do the last thing we can do the other things frog up wolf down snake out do the last thing and if you're not janky you're stanky that's all you gotta do Boom. nicely done we did it have a <laughs> great night everyone thanks everybody awesome good night <laughs> bye <laughs>